0: I'm Lindsay Berra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. In these Guru's Editions, we'll feature strength and conditioning coaches, nutritionists, recovery scientists, and other performance specialists who help athletes to be their best. In this two-part episode, we talk with Dr. Bob Rotella, a pioneering sports psychologist in the game of golf whose clients, including Nick Price, Davis Love III, Ernie Els, and Rory McIlroy, have won over 75 majors since 1984. Dr. Rotella has written many books, including How Champions Think, The Unstoppable Golfer, and Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. He has also worked with LeBron James, the Hendricks motorsports team, and other athletes from the NBA, NFL, NCAA, and Major League Baseball, in addition to business leaders, sales executives, and other professionals. Dr. Rotella's philosophy of establishing a routine and detaching from outcomes to stay rooted in the present is beneficial for athletes, coaches, executives, and basically anyone who wants to improve their performance by mastering their mind. You're mentioning Kevin Durant in the Olympics. And I'm thinking right now about Michaela Schifrin, the the yeah. skier. She just got disqualified two races in a row. And we saw her on the side of the course with her head yeah. in her hands. And she's having her moment and she's angry at herself, but I would bet you she comes out the next race. She's not going to be thinking about that. She had her moment. She left it over there. And now she's got to go out and run the race she wants to run. And she's going to do that by, you know, hopefully yeah. skiing and, and having fun the way she knows how.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I listened to her interview and all I could take of it is like, she wanted it so bad. The expectations were so high. And then she said, I I, I wanted to go as fast as I could go. And well, part of it is she's great because she's willing to go on the edge of wiping out. And if you're not willing to go on the edge of wiping out, you don't win a lot, Mm -hmm. but I would have said to her, you're so good. That's why you've won so many times. You don't have to. You just have to ski average. They'll hand it to you. You know. Yeah. My guess is after those two races, it'll be interesting to follow to see if she basically surrenders and says, "Okay, I've screwed it all up. The hell with it. Just go skiing." Yeah. And you know, I'm hoping she comes back and skis great. But if she doesn't, probably the week or two after the Olympics in her next races, she will. Yes. Because um, it won't matter anymore.
0: When, when you look at individual sport athletes and team sport athletes, every team is different, every individual is different. How do you, as a, a performance coach, assess what each individual, what each team needs from a mental skills development perspective?
1: Um, if you want me to be totally honest, I have no idea. <laughs> um, no, I you know, from the first day I coached, I had some intuitive ability to read kids and and people and know what to do to get them where they wanted to get to. Um, I have, it's kind of like what we're just talking about with athletes performing. Yeah. I have a lot of that when I'm doing sports ecology, like even talking to you right now, I'm not thinking before I say anything. And I could get in trouble maybe, but hopefully not. But I mean, I am just going to say whatever comes out, you know, and it's very intuitive and very instinctive. And you know, it, it, now sometimes with, with teams, a coach will tell you, you know, what they think the team needs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes over time, I find out they were right on. And sometimes we do some of what they want and we go in a different direction. But, you know, the bottom line is, in general, people in sport, at the high level, they really want to win. Mm-hmm. They really want to play great. In basketball, you know, people would really like to score and be able to shoot better. They, you know, they'd like to be competitive. And everything we're doing is to help them do that better. Um, in golf, when you spend your whole life trying to be great at golf and then you go to the biggest tournament of the year, the urge to try hard. Like I was with someone today and I said, as a college kid, and I said, so you want to play the tour and win the Masters? Yeah. You know? And I said, okay. So everything you're doing starting now has to prepare you to stand on 18T on Sunday, tied or one ahead of Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, and step up on the 18T at Augusta. That's a shoot. And step up there and just say, I've been doing this my whole life. I got to now just get up there and see it and let it rip. And then you hit your second shot and you miss the green 10 yards short. Now you've got a difficult pitch shot. You better be prepared to just let yourself do it. And then you got a four and a half foot putt to win. The urge to want to take your time and get careful is unbelievable. And you have to be prepared to get past that and let yourself just go through a routine and putt it. And that's why we spend so much time talking about you have to feel like you're destined to do something unbelievable with your career. And you've spent thousands and thousands of days seeing it in your mind's eye so that it's like a deja vu experience when you get there. Like I already know. I I don't know when it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. And man, I'm having a ball going through life waiting to see how this is going to turn out. It's kind of like when you decide you're going to do a podcast. I promise you, if you had this idea of doing a podcast, okay, and every time you got ready to do it, you go, oh, God, everyone's going to hate this. No <laughs> one's going to ever listen to it. It's going to totally bomb. I'm going to be a total embarrassment to me and my family. You would never have done it. No. Somewhere you were able to get this idea. It's just your ideas about you and your life. And somehow in your mind, you could see it being a huge success. Um, and you get people to come on and talk with you, and you go, "Wow, how cool is this?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like when I go back to my old high school, and someone asks me, "How does someone from a small town in Rutland, Vermont, get to work with the people you've gotten to work with?" Um, you play Division Two basketball, and you work with LeBron James. You work with Anthony Davis. You work with Derrick Rose. I mean, you work with Darren Booker. I mean, how's I have, I have no clue. But I always tell the kids, nobody cares where you came from. We're all born to a mother. haven't worked with anybody born to a father yet. Um, (laughs) And we all are born in some small town, big city, this country, some other country. And we have ideas in our head that we call dreams. But I also tell them, your thinking has to be consistent with your dreams. So if you want to win the NBA championship or the Super Bowl or the Masters, well, your thinking about yourself has to match that. You can't say I want to win it and then spend all your time worrying you're never going to win it or not liking your talent. Like, you know, I mean, how good would Tiger Woods be if he didn't like his talent? Mm-hmm. Instead spend his whole life saying, God, you know, if I just had better talent, I'd be really good. What if Tiger Woods said, you know, if I can't learn how to hit a driver, I'm never going to be able to win on tour. I mean, we just had a 20-year period where Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, probably two of the weakest drivers of a golf ball on the tour for the last 20 years, dominated the game. Yeah. So they just found a way to win with what they had. I mean, your grandfather wasn't very big. He found a way to hit home runs and be a great player. He didn't say, oh, God, if I was 6'4", I could have been a really good baseball player. You know, And you could have said, well what makes me think I could do a podcast. <laughs> so you obviously have a bit of an attitude about yourself. I love it. You know, I mean, but I mean, you have to, to do anything and succeed at it. And for just being honest, I don't understand to this day why we're not teaching this stuff starting in fifth grade. Yeah. Why we're not teaching people about dreams and belief and commitment. And, you know, it's just, in, in a capitalist society, you think we'd be teaching everybody in school about success We'd have them reading books about the most successful people in America and how they got there.
0: I, I think it's so interesting that you just, we're, we're talking about Tiger Woods. You don't believe in your skill, right? So I, I'm an, a hack golfer. I'm like a 20 handicap. I just started a couple of years ago, but like, I'm a lot better if I decide that I'm going to go play this game called hit the ball and follow it. It's not golf. And I end up, you know, get having some great shots, you know, whatever. But, you see plenty of people out on the golf course who make a bad shot and instead of just following it and hitting another one, they spend the whole time finding the ball, telling themselves how bad they are. You stink this, that, and the other thing. And I I think at the end of the day, like, you know, those professional golfers, they know they don't stink. So they're not going to be talking to themselves in that negative way because they, it's not productive and they know fundamentally deep down, they don't stink. But the average person has a harder time with that negative self-talk. What do you say to those people?
1: I'd say probably all the pro golfers would tell them it's just as hard for them. Yeah. Some of some of them would say it's even harder for us because we just watch ourselves in the practice area, hit 50 shots that were so good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and so their expectations are through the roof, but that's why they work on it because they've learned that I can't succeed even though I have these skills if I don't learn to deal with it better. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has to work at it. Um, Now, every once in a while, someone says, well, I think so-and-so just came by it naturally. I said, well, what's that got Mm -hmm. to do with you if you didn't? (laughs) I I don't argue. I mean, I think some people just came by a great attitude very naturally. Um, You know, win all the time as a young kid, win regularly from five to 30, have only success in your life, probably be pretty easy. But most people didn't have that experience. And I said, well, do you want to be successful in spite of being a late bloomer? Um, you know, a lot of people grow later in life. You know, I mean, it's, that's why you got to be an optimist and be eternally hopeful. Um, and But ultimately, you got to like your talent. And you got to have this feeling that you're destined to do something pretty neat with your life. And I'd say most people say, I don't really know why I feel like I was chosen to do this or why, you know, I'm destined, but I feel like I am. And so they spend their whole life looking for great things to happen. Other people spend their whole life looking for bad things to happen. Some people are absolutely convinced nothing good's ever going to happen to me. I can't get a break. Um, Sure. (laughs) Those people struggle. Um, So, you know, we're working against we're working against being human. I mean, it's very human to struggle with your mind and your emotions and want something so badly that you work your tail off and then you spend hours worrying that you're never going to get it.
0: Most guys who are going to go ahead. I was saying, most guys who make the PGA Tour, or ladies who make the LPGA, they have to have a certain amount of belief in themselves. And at that point, you're working with a lot of these pro level golfers. What are the mistakes that they still make mentally at that level?
1: Uh, probably all the same ones that you're you make. They just don't do it very often. And I mean, to explain it, when when they're in high school. They were just way better than everybody. So they didn't have to have a great mind to beat everybody. They just were better, better skill, better talent. They go to college, pretty clear. I'm just better than everybody else on the team. And they get away with not having a great attitude. Mm -hmm. Get on the PGA or LPGA tour, and all of a sudden you get on the range, everybody hits it good. Everybody hits it as far as you do. You go over the pitching area, everybody can hit a pitch shot. Everybody can hit a bunker shot. Everybody can putt it. Now you find out if you can believe. So I'll tell you a story. So years ago, one of the tour wives came up to me and said, you know, Dr. Rotella, I got a question. What is it? Well, you know, when I met my husband in college, one of the things that really attracted me to him is his confidence. And he had big dreams and big belief. Why does he now need to work with someone like you on his confidence all the time? And I said, I, I smiled and said, that's a good question. And I said, um, would you say that uh, most of the tour wives are good looking gals? And she looked at me and goes, oh, God, yes. And I said, okay, don't tell me who they are, but tell me, to, just think to yourself, who are the three best looking tour wives you've ever seen? And tell me when you got three in your head. And she said, okay, I got three. I said, okay, playing on the tour for your husband would be like if I took those three gals and told them for the next year they had to work in the front office of the Ford Modeling Agency, eight hours a day, six days a week, I promise you, they would go from thinking they were gorgeous, (laughs) but hanging around only the best looking models in the world all day, every day, they'd start thinking, I don't like my hair. My cheeks aren't just right. My boobs are too big or too small. Uh, Maybe I got too much weight on me. My legs aren't long enough. You'd start picking yourself apart. And I said, that's the challenge on the tour. Can you go out when everyone else looks unbelievably good and believe in yourself? It's no longer. Can I believe when I'm just physically more impressive than everybody else? And, and that's where it ultimately becomes a real test at the professional level. But, Some of them doubt their drivers, some doubt their pitching, some doubt their putter. Some it bounces around their game. And some believe they can win a regular tournament, but can't believe they can win a major. Some believe they can win the PGA, but don't believe they can win the Masters of the U.S. Open. Uh, I mean, some believe they can win if the top 20 players aren't in the field. But when the top 20 players are in the field, they don't think they have a chance. I mean, some people think they can win once, but they don't think they can win all four of the majors. I mean, it's all the bottom line is if you don't think you can win, you'll find a way to screw it up. Wow.
0: And what about like, I I think that there's a lot of golfers who listen to this podcast. We had Gary player on and had a great response and Billy Horschel. So I think people like golf who listen to this. And I know that there's people who stand on the tee and they're already worried about their, you know, chip shot or the putt that they didn't make the last time they played this hole. and, I feel like that might be something that most pro golfers are better at not doing like worrying about the tee shot while they're on the tee and worrying about their second shot when they're at the second shot. How do you, how do you teach that? Like the being where your feet are part of athletics?
1: Well, I mean, you end up getting, you know, what we call a routine, you know, and basically I want players there's, you know, somewhere between a 30 and 42nd time period when it's your turn to play where I want you to go into your own little world or your own little bubble and get lost in it, where nothing in the world exists but you and the ball and where you want the ball to go. And then you flip out and you sling the ball in between shots, and then you lock in again and do your thing. And you have to get really good at doing that. And there's a certain level of effort and intensity you put into that um, that's somewhere between being asleep and trying too hard. (laughs) <laughs> and you learn where that place is, and you learn to do that all the time. So you aren't out there saying, oh, this putt's really big. This one's really crucial. Or I got to hit this tee shot good or I'm dead. I mean, you got to get past all of that junk that people like to think about or talk about. And so, I mean, ultimately, you're trying to give every shot the same equal low level of importance, you know, which is tricky.
0: I know that you like to say that golf is a game of confidence and competence. And obviously what separates someone like me on a golf course from Jordan Spieth or Nellie Korda is a very, very vast ocean of competence. So how much better can a better mindset make people like me who are just not awesome at golf?
1: Well, first of all, if your head's in the right place, you're going to enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. second of all, it's going to allow you to play at least up to your level of competence at this moment in time. Yeah. Third of all, if you have a great attitude, you'll have the attitude that with my talent, if I make a commitment to it on a regular basis and sustain it for several years, I could get really good at golf and I'll be kicking Nellie Korda's butt in a few, in, you know, <laughs> six, seven years. Unlike because I'm <laughs> extremely gifted, you know, that would be, you no, know, I mean, that that's, uh, but I mean, yeah, like if, if you don't have a good short game, you're only going to get so good because there's a lot of those shots. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there are certainly skills you have to develop. And if someone comes them, by them naturally, like every once in a while, I'll have a little kid come to me who's eight years old, and he swings beautifully and hits the ball unbelievably good and can pitch it and putt it. And you go, oh, you lucky kid. You know, Mm because not many people have that happen. But most people had to develop the skills. And a lot of people can't handle that. There's a lot of skills and they're fairly difficult for most people to learn. And it takes time and patience and sustaining a commitment. I think a lot of people commit, but they can't sustain a commitment. And even for good athletes, you know, I mean, you can take some world-class basketball, football, baseball players. Who can't break 80 at golf, which is amazing when you think about it. And they play a lot, you know? So, I mean,
0: I, I think golf, golf is, golf is interesting, though. It's true. It, you're out there all by yourself, and the ball is just sitting there looking at you, like not moving. There's no teammates. You can pass the ball or the blame. Two, you are very much out there, out there on your own. And I always say if somebody threw the ball at me, I'd hit it a lot further than I would when it's just sitting there looking at me. So,
1: so whenever people say that to me, I'd say, Well, that's why I teach people to take a lot less time. Everyone yep. says golf is hard because it's not a reaction sport. And I say, Well, you can let it be a reaction sport. Yeah. You can just look okay. at the target and react to it and be unconscious. So that's just like playing soccer or some other sport. I mean, basketball players. They usually shoot better when they don't have time to think. Um, you know, if the other team drops back in a zone and the guy takes his time and goes, God, make sure you make this. Well, they a lot of times don't shoot as well. Um, but I mean, the point is, you're, everything you said about golf is true, but it's a lot easier if you make it more of a reaction sport.
0: Do and you it's think- legal. Yeah. maybe there should be more jogging between shots it would be much faster too if people just in general you'd get off the course more quickly you just ran from point to point and gave it a whack you know
1: <laughs> i think i think you could probably build a case for that yeah
0: our mental but the problem
1: skills, the group in front of you is walking slowly
0: yeah you got that too you just got to hit it right into them, right yeah. Are mental skills oh. more important when you're playing well or when you're playing poorly
1: I'd say both. I mean, when you're playing well, good mental skills keep you from starting to think about it and analyze why you're playing so good tonight. So I can remember it tomorrow. I mean, you have to really just totally go unconscious and just let it happen. And when you're struggling, you have to stay upbeat and patient and positive and in the present moment and take it one shot at a time. I mean, You know, so, I mean, I'd say in both, it's really important.
0: When you have somebody who goes out and like, you know, plays the round of their life after not playing all winter and then it's like downhill for the rest of of the year. (laughs) Is that just about expectation? Like, what does that say about expectation?
1: It says a lot about expectation. It also says a lot about the fact that you already have a good swing, even though you haven't been swinging all winter. Um, But the more you play, the more you start thinking about how to swing and hitting bad shots. And, I mean, your mind is very clear and empty usually the first round or two or three. And because it's a game of mistakes, the more you play it, you're going to miss your share of shots.
0: Do you find that it's easier to coach older athletes or younger athletes?
1: I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Like, How how does
0: an athlete's body of experience, like as they get older, do they become more set in their routines and more confident? Like, you know, the crafty veteran who can get out of all the situations or, um, you know, like the the young kids tend to be more nervy. Do you find that at
1: all? uh, You know, with the older athlete, depends on what have they learned from their experience. Sometimes, with all their athletes, they've been successful in other things in life because they tried hard and worked hard, and they have to learn, they're going to have to let go of some of that when it's time to play. Um, some people have lost all their confidence, some have learned a lot of confidence. So, some of us, what have you learned from your experience? Have you gotten better or better? Um, oh, good question. And sometimes you have young athletes that are very unconscious and it's pretty easy. And sometimes you have young athletes that have been beaten up already and have had people tell them they're not very talented and they're never going to be any good. And they have to really learn to believe in themselves long before anybody else believes in them. So I don't know. I don't, you know, the only guy that was close to Yogi with brilliant sayings was Satchel Page. Yes, sir. (laughs) And Satchel said, when they asked him, how can you be pitching so successfully in your fifties? He looked at the reporter and said, how old would you be if you didn't know that you was? Yep. Which is really brilliant. Mm -hmm. And then again, they asked him about age and experience. And he said, uh, age is all about mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Yep. You know, Satchel he's
0: right up good. with Yogi in terms yeah. of genius, you know? yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you how you get players, you know, when they have like a, a bad streak, how you get them to find their confidence again. And it reminds me of the yogism that when you'd mentioned Satchel, I just what, just uh, thought of grandpa had a couple games where he didn't have a hit. Somebody asked him, what are you going to do about this slump? And he said, I ain't in no slump. I just ain't hitting, you know, <laughs> he just. It's uh, you know, when
1: I, when I, I remember, um, Will Clark, we used to use a line in baseball, like if he struck out three times, he'd say, welcome to the big leagues. I just made three great at-bats, and that pitcher threw some really good pitches and got me. But the next time I'm going to the plate, I'm going to make another great swing, and I'm going to hit it out of the park, and the pitcher's going to have to say, welcome to the big leagues. I just made a great pitch, and that damn Will Clark hit it over the fence. So, I mean, I think you have to be able to put it in that perspective. Slumps, I mean, Yogi was right. I mean, slumps are pretty much emotional. When people really go into deep slumps, it's because they get down in the dumps over having a bad game or two. And it's just, it's going to happen if you're playing against good people. It's happened to everybody who ever played. I mean, mean, Michael Jordan's gone through time periods when he missed every shot he took, you know. Um, But, I mean, it's a big part of sport. So you better be able to deal with it. And it goes back to something you said very early on. You have to be really good at depersonalizing your sport performance. If you take everything personal and think it means that some statement about you as a human being or a man or a woman, the games will beat you up and do a number on you and you won't be able to leave it at the ballpark. Yeah. And if you take it home with you all the time, it'll own you. And so, you know, we call it compartmentalizing, but you have to get really good at it. The best ones really do. You know, you look in golf with Jack Nicholas. I mean, he had another company that became a very successful company, had a great marriage, had a great family, a whole bunch of kids, like 25 grandkids. I mean, that was very healthy. He had a lot of other things going on in life. He didn't spend every waking moment thinking about golf. Yeah. And it's, it helps. It's
0: bu- It's so funny, like, I I hate to keep going back to grandpa, but his perspective was so interesting. He, one time we were out at a restaurant and some random fan came up to him and was talking to him about how he was so upset that the Yankees lost, that he didn't go to work the next day. And I heard my grandfather say this. I was like, oh my God, I put my head in my hands. He said, what do you mean you didn't go to work? Do you think Derek Jeter gets upset when you don't do good at your job? Perfect. i was like grandpa you can't say that but it was just about attaching Perfect. so much more meaning to things like i know sports are important but nobody dies it's okay go back the next day
1: no it's a great point i have seen many many fans who are either more happy after a win or more down for a week after a loss than the players and the coaches Absolutely. i remember i'll give you an example i remember I forget what year it was, but it was several years ago at Kentucky with Coach Calipari. He talked starting preseason, we're going to go forty and zero. I want to be the first team in history to go forty and zero. No one's ever done that. And we got to the semifinals undefeated, and we lost to Wisconsin on a couple of unbelievable shots at the late in the game, and we ended up the year thirty eight and one. And it was unbelievable how many people, God, how was Coach? He must have been destroyed. Must have been. No, actually, after his press conferences, we're sitting in a room, and we're having a good time talking about where he's going on recruiting next week and about uh, what we're going to do to have a great year next year. And he was in great spirits. And they were like, how is that possible? I go, because they did everything humanly possible to go 40-0. and They gave it their best every night. And that's all you can do. And they had a ball doing it. And it's like, God, we almost got it. And yeah, our really bad year was 38-1. Terrible, terrible. Yeah.
0: To you, before I let you go, I want to like give some folks some like service-y type things. Are there any like mental skills exercises that you use with your pros that are beneficial for normal people, be them, you know, hack golfers or CEOs, um, anything that they can do to kind of like we say, keep their feet where they are, help them stay in the present and not attach so much meaning to things? Yeah, no. No, there's nothing they
1: can do. <laughs> no, no, there are no skills. They, all I want, I've spent my life, see, I think people are too into psychological techniques.
0: Okay,
1: I'm teaching people sure. that you have a mind and it's yours and you have a free will And I want you to hold yourself responsible and accountable for how you think about yourself and feel about yourself. I don't want you to use some mental skills. I want you to own your mind, and it's about how you think. So if you want to be a great soccer player, then if you're going to think about soccer, think about playing great, or don't think about soccer. And a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about playing bad. You know, if you're going to be a goalie, don't think about people scoring on you. Think about making great saves, you know. So, I mean, it's, I want to make it that simple that it's your thoughts about you and your game. And you tell me you love this game, so I want you to feel like you love it when you're doing it. I don't want you to get on the field and feel like, oh, my God, I could get killed. This would be so bad if we lose. It's like I want you to have fun playing the game. Winning is one of the things that happens when you play a game. But losing also happens, and everybody loses some. But I remind people, when it's all said and done, like, we'll go back to your grandfather. I mean, everyone's going to talk about the world championships he won. They're going to talk about his home run. How many people talk about his strikeouts? He didn't have very many strikeouts, just for the record. (laughs) No, there weren't. But, I mean, nobody talks about it. Yeah. If he made it, I mean, he probably made some errors. No one talks about how many errors Yogi made. They talk about all the great, and, and you have to understand that. Live for the good stuff. Don't live for the bad stuff.
0: And I think also the best Put your people, mind own it. Those failures are immediately learning experiences and not condemnations of their abilities. That's I think what's I think what separates the elite people is their ability to do that you know, to to immediately move forward from it as opposed to hanging around and harping on the fact that it happened.
1: Yeah, there's a chance you're correct. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was kidding, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point. I mean, it's just, but there's probably a lot of things that separate them. But I mean, it, it's, I, I think it helps if you have talent at the highest level.
0: It certainly if does help.
1: if you happen to be in love with the thing you're talented at, it helps a lot. There's a lot of people that are talented that don't love the thing they're talented at and they don't become great. And there's a lot of people who don't have much talent who love it and get real good. But probably a lot of the greats had both, you know. And but then you can get into a discussion of well, what's talent? What's real talent? I think real talent is inside of people. I don't know if it's in the mind or the heart or the soul of the human spirit because I don't think you can take a picture of it, but it's inside of people. I think there's those.
0: Then there's those people who have that talent on the inside of believing that whatever they do, they'll be good at. It, and they are, whether yep. it's golf or sewing or, yep. you know, being a dad yep. or whatever, they end up yep. just yep. consuming themselves with it.
1: It would be a good It would be confidence would be a really good thing to have. Yeah. And if you don't, well, if you're born with it, then learn it. <laughs> I'm going to go learn it. <laughs> hey, well, I'm hey, just talking to you. You've got a lot of it. Look at you. I mean, you're uh, like, you're like, you're like made for doing podcasts.
0: Well, there we go. I wish yeah. I was like, you know, made for uh, making a par all the time, but you know what? Sometimes the ball goes in the water and you got to laugh at it and get a new
1: ball and move on. <laughs> By the way, you haven't even thought of promoting my latest book yet.
0: Tell me about your latest book. Yeah, Dr. Your
1: well, I only got time for a minute, but I mean, make your shot, your, make your next shot, your best shot. It's my latest book. I mean, I think most of your listeners would want to read it and buy it. I would think.
0: Absolutely. I will go yeah. read it and buy it because my oh, my last shot isn't usually very good. So the next one's got to be better.
1: <laughs> beautiful. Good. Well,
0: thank you so much, good. Dr. Ritzel. I really appreciate you coming it
1: on is, this show. It it's great being with you, young lady. Have a great time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much to Dr. Rotella for joining us on Food of the Gods. For more information on Dr. Rotella, visit his website at www.rotellaperformanceworkshops.com. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at foodofthegodspod or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production.